Hey, let's talk about the importance of business processes and better staffing. Brian Gillis from UNet Results Coaching Company may have the answers you need. Do we need strong systems and procedures to let our people work within? Does our staff really know what we're looking for from them? Will paying attention to the details really save you time and energy? So glad you've come right here to the well for the best aftermarket talk radio that goes beyond your expectations. Not sure how you listen, but the majority of you do listen while you are mobile. Therefore, if you aren't listening on a mobile device, download a free listening app at remarkableresults.biz slash subscribe, and there you'll find links to Apple or Google Podcasts, among others. Enjoy the insights while you are on the go. And one of my supporting partners of the podcast is Napa Pro Image. You know, Napa Expo has been officially rescheduled February 1st through the 4th, 2021. Las Vegas will be painted blue and gold as Team Napa puts on the fabulous event planned prior to COVID-19 pandemic. Napa wants to thank everyone, everyone for understanding the event postponement, and they send their well wishes to you and your families. Rest assured, Team Napa is as energized and invested as ever in Napa Expo, and we look forward to hosting you in February 2021. Hey, here's a taste of a great interview with Brian Gillis. As I actually look for things in individuals that you can't teach or train, you cannot teach somebody to care. Hey, Carm here, and we're about to listen to an interview recorded at Vision 2020. Now, that was the last face-to-face conference I attended, and I can't wait to get back in the groove when it's safe for everyone. Hey, did you know that along with my friend Tom Hamm, we've started a weekly aftermarket magazine show, something I've always wanted to do. It's a video event. Go to aftermarketweekly.com. Yeah, aftermarketweekly.com and watch the first six episodes. Tell me what you think. You now have a weekly magazine video covering topics that are intended to spark your thoughts and create change. Now, speaking of change and excitement, the big feature is a shop tour each week. We broadcast live every Tuesday at noon Eastern. Please join us. In this interview, Brian Gillis is going to talk about systems, phone call etiquette, consistency, staffing criteria, and being a perpetual recruiter. Find the key talking points for this interview with Brian Gillis at remarkableresults.biz slash E547. Hey, a warm welcome to Brian Gillis from UNet Results. Uh, great background. Can't wait for uh, the audience to hear this. Uh, you're my first interview at Vision 2020. Wow, Carm, thank you so much for having me on your show. You've been around the horn a little bit. I have to say that uh, I, I love your resume, uh, having worked in the automotive aftermarket in the service business for, I, I think, the majority of your life, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, so we were talking before we started. Uh, I said, hey, listen, uh, the industry suffers from a couple of really important things. We're struggling on where we're going to hire good people mm-hmm. and how to even you know, continue to keep them highly motivated and engaged. And it doesn't matter if it's, if it's back office, if it's front counter, or if, or if it's tech. The other thing that I, I find so fascinating is when the guys got processes dialed in, Brian, uh-huh. they are just on fire. Can you help us understand the value and the power of processes in the company? Processes and procedures are mission critical. Having systems in place, because it's so much easier to manage a process and a procedure than it is to manage an actual person. But I feel like regardless of what your processes and your procedures are, the super critical key to being successful is your follow-up. Um, how you go about kind of inspecting 
what you expect. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've learned over the years with my experience is it's fantastic, for example, to let's say you record your incoming phone calls to see how your advisors are answering the phone. Yeah. Are they giving great customer service? Are they welcoming in the customer? It's also fantastic to have you record your phone calls for the purpose of how well your advisors are presenting repair work and service recommendations to the client. Are they closing deals? Absolutely. But is anybody actually taking the time to follow up? Who is listening to those phone calls? Who's measuring that? Who is sitting down with the advisors and saying, hey, you know what? Here's where you did a fantastic job on this presentation. Or who is going, well, wait a minute. You missed a critical step in the process and the procedure of how we want you to answer the phone. And here's some you know, corrective measure to help you to be more successful. No, no, wait a minute. You're telling me that a shop owner has call recording going on. They check the box. I'm doing this. I feel really good about it but they don't follow up. That's absolutely correct. That's the key. That's what truly separates very good operators from great operators is the follow-up. How much of that have you done in the business world? Quite a bit. I've had the opportunity to get to work for some great companies um, in my lifetime, and that was taught to me. And so really the majority of my life, that's what I spent doing because I ran multi-unit shops Mm -hmm. and I couldn't physically be there. Uh, sometimes I were I was over a repair shop that's in an entire another state from where I lived. Right. I'd have shops in other states, and so the only way I could measure is through follow up. I can't be there all the time, and so I would have to go and do an inspection. Take me behind the scenes. Um, you've listened to a few phone calls. You, you've made some notes, and you feel that there, there's a coaching opportunity mm-hmm. for one of your service advisors. Is it the sandwich approach? You did this really good. I think you can improve on this. Keep doing that, right? I mean, give us an opportunity to realize the guys that aren't, and, and the ladies who aren't listening to the calls, maybe because they're un- unsure of how to coach mm-hmm. that person to the next level. Take us behind the scenes. Sure. Phone calls is a great example and listening to phone calls. Phone calls should be very dialed in. Basically, they're scripts. And so you teach and you train on the scripts, on how they answer the phone, how to invite a customer in. And uh, one good example is, is you may have an advisor who does a fantastic job. They're very customer focused. But at the end of the day, when they're on the phone call, uh, they neglected to invite the customer in right now. And that could be a huge mistake. We spend a lot of money, shop owners do, marketing. They put a lot of efforts into marketing. And so when that phone rings or that customer walks into the front door, are we receptive to that? Are we welcoming that customer in? And are we inviting them to come do business with us Right. right now? So you heard me. I didn't do an acceptable job. Coach me. Give an example Um, something different than an actual, say, phone call. I can measure through going through the invoices. I can look at, let's just say, I'll just pick a random date, you know, March the 2nd. You know, let's go back and look at March the 2nd. I'll go through that day's business invoice by invoice with the store general manager, with the service advisors, and we'll walk through all the steps of the process, the method that that should be in place at these shops. Did we do a maintenance inspection on this car? Is it documented on the ticket? I can't even tell you how many invoices that I've audited where the technician's taken the time 
to do a complete maintenance inspection. They've written down recommendations, but yet somehow or another, between the technician turning that into the advisor, the advisor doesn't necessarily communicate that to the customer, and it's not documented on the invoice. And so that would be a huge teaching opportunity to say, hey, look, you know, here's where the technician wrote it up because it's in the, it's in the, it's with the invoice. We right. can, we can measure that. And here, you know, it's not on the invoice and what happened. And they, well, the customer didn't want to spend any more money. So we don't really have the right to make the decision for the customer, you know, of what knowledge we, we keep and what we hold back. Everything should be divulged that we find on their vehicle and shared with the customer and it should be documented. Yeah. That's one way to do it in regards to actual phone calls yeah you know it's easy to say hey you know you're not very upbeat you know let's listen to here's a really good phone call where you're super upbeat and then here's another one you know you can tell it's getting close to the end of the day because you're a little bit more lethargic boss i i hit an energy drain uh the wife called problem with the kid you say hey stand up and smile you know that'll <laughs> project that energy yeah we're all there to take care of our customer. There's so many shops, customers have so many choices. We have to separate ourselves through just delivering first class, outstanding customer service. And it starts most of the time with a phone call. Well, I get the whole process thing. Um, I think your point is so well taken to follow up. Whatever it is, if it's a customer service greeting, if it's um, how the inbound process works, it's maybe how the diagnostics work. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Every element, every area of, of the company needs to have a process put to it. Uh, we may be thrilled yes. that we write something up. It's been a long time coming. Everyone's contributed. We put it out. It's in the manual. Maybe it's available online. And we just say, oh, God. I don't have to worry about that for a couple of years now. Yeah, nobody's actually doing it. <laughs> That's the scary part. <laughs> because, because you never you never really find out if it if it's really what we all agreed we were going to do. Correct. Another useful tool, Carm, you know, is if your shop is set up with surveillance cameras, watch them. You can go back and you can see if you have a particular way that you want. For example, some companies I've worked for, part of our process and procedures is we open the door for the customer to kind of create that first moment of breaking the ice. Oh, you catch them when they're walking in. You get them when they're walking in. You're observant. You're paying attention to what's going on around you. You see the car pull in the parking lot. A lot of guys will tell me they'll run the license plate if they forgot the name of the customer into their system. If they've been there before, they walk in and says, hey, Harry, how you doing? Yeah, they know the name already. That's fantastic. And that's exactly what you want. But that's something that you can measure if you watch your cameras from time to time. It's a moment to train, uh, but it's also a moment to recognize. It's a moment to recognize good behavior because at the end of the day, if you have processes and procedures in place and nobody's watching and telling you, hey, you did a great job there, fantastic, then it will fall off. People will stop doing it because it becomes of the belief that nobody cares, nobody's looking. Nobody's inspecting. What you just said is that greeting could be my differentiation in the marketplace for exceptional customer service, a great, great experience. And so we got together as a team. We realized that this would be really great. And a month later, as you say, it's not being done. So either you watch it through the cameras or you're observing as you're hanging out at your facility as the owner or manager, and you see that you obviously have a gap and we're not living up 
to the differentiation that you're probably telling people in your social media, you know, come on in, we'll open the door for you. That's right. That's, that's kind of a cool theme. Come on in, we'll open the door for you. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it is. And so, yeah, you definitely want to kind of inspect what you expect. Uh, make sure that your processes and your procedures that you have in place are actually being executed. And thank the people. Point it out to them when they're doing a great job. But when you find out that they're not being executed properly, you can take corrective action. You can fix it immediately. And that's how they go, wow, this is very important. You know, whether it's a safety inspection, the first or a safety meeting, rather, that should take place at the beginning of every month. You know, is that actually happening? Who's coming in to ensure that those meetings are taking place? Yeah. And the accountability factor to the processes. Hey, it's Carm here talking to you about what the Napa Auto Care Center program can do for your business. Now, you probably already know the Napa brand is the most recognized and trusted name in the automotive aftermarket industry. In fact, studies show that 95% of consumers recognize Napa and associate it with quality parts, service, and technical expertise. So why not complete a Pro Image upgrade and take advantage of that? Pro Image is a co-branding program for the exterior and interior of your shop. On the outside, it includes the Napa colors and distinctive Napa signage. While the public may know you as a reliable locally owned business, a Pro Image upgrade helps set your shop apart from the competition even further. It's also a visual signal to customers and potential customers that you and Napa are partners. Most importantly, Pro Image really works. This co-branding opportunity has helped Napa Auto Care Centers across the country increase their car counts and sales. In fact, those that have completed a Pro Image project enjoy an average 23% sales increase during the first year. Pro Image upgrades are also available for the interior of your shop. A Pro Image interior upgrade transforms your customer waiting area from merely utilitarian to warm and welcoming. The goal is to maintain your shop's independent identity while enhancing the customer's experience. You can get a free look at what a Pro Image exterior and interior upgrade could look like by visiting the Napa Auto Care member site and clicking on the Napa Pro Image link under the Napa Pro Image tab. Or contact your local Napa Auto Parts store. Your servicing Napa store can tell you more about Pro Image plus the hundreds of other reasons to become part of the Napa Auto Care family, the largest network of independent automotive repair shops in the country. Quick thing on processes again, you know, the shops that you know, mm -hmm. are they lacking in this? Is this one of the worst areas that they're not up to speed with? I think so. I think a lot of shop owners that I've worked with, they have processes and procedures in place but literally there's no one that's doing the follow-up. I'll bet you it's not even written. I'll bet you it's not even in a hierarchy. There's some people that say, oh, I don't want to do this. This is crazy. We all know what to do. We all, when the customer comes in, we all know what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's probably an accurate statement, but an inconsistent statement. And if you were really going to build and grow a great company, consistency to me is one of the uh, hallmarks. Oh, you have to have consistencies, mission critical, especially if it's a bigger company, you know, more than one location. You know, it's kind of like if you go to a food restaurant, yeah. for example, and they're a chain. I mean, your expectation is going to be that that burger tastes the same as it does. Yeah. You know, thank you for saying this. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, many of the uh, shop owners that I've interviewed have said, don't even think of store two unless your processes 
are done and right and working because if not, you will lose both companies. Correct. Correct. And that's very true. That's very, very true. You have to be very dialed in. You have to have a method, a, pro, a pro, you know, processes. This is the way we do it. This is the yeah. way our our flag flies. When you were back in the world of managing and leading uh, all these great companies and all these great people, what was your default love? Was it processes? Was it people, uh, staffing? What, what did you just love to do every day? I think staffing's the most important because that's what made my job easier. Um, you know, understanding how to hire, you recruit and train, you know, the very best that's out there. And that's where I spent most of my time. And that's, you know, what I feel like helped me be successful in my world of, you know, running auto repair shops. Well, you just landed right into the next topic I wanted to ask you about. I didn't even know you were going to say that, staffing. And, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, I think I heard you say that there's a really cool thing, screening out versus screening in. Talk to me about that. That's right. So what we did with some of the companies I worked with in the past is we developed a criteria so that, you know, we know exactly what it is that we're looking for. And so I would come up with a criteria depending on the position uh, that we're hiring for. You know, for example, if I'm looking for someone that's a technician, that's a front-end specialist, then that should be part of my criteria, and therefore it's going to be in my ad. It's going to be specific to exactly what I want and so that I can attract those said people. And so in the world of service advisors, it's no different. You know, you come up with your criteria. You know, then from there, you place your ad. Uh, once you uh, start receiving resumes and you review them, what I did is I run a, I do a pre-chat and I would spend probably 20, 25 minutes with a scheduled phone interview. And I've already got all my questions written ahead of time because I know exactly what I'm looking for. And I ask these questions. By the end of the phone call, you know, either one, I've thanked them for their time and let them know that it's not a good fit. Or I'm super excited to take it to the next step. And the next step after the pre-chat is the opportunity to do a face-to-face interview. I want to bring them in. I want to make sure that when I meet them face-to-face that they elude, you know, confidence and that they have energy. The image, you know, that your company may want to portray. Um, And so that's you know, and of course, can they show up for the interview on time? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's part of the process is a face-to-face interview. And then from there, if that goes well, it's encouraging that they come and they spend some time behind the counter observing. Uh, because whether they have a previous background in the industry or whether they're from outside the industry, which I think is fine, is it a good fit for them? Is it their cup of tea? Mm-hmm. And they have an opportunity to hang around the team, see the processes and procedures taking place, interact with your current employees, and, you know, they get to measure each other. You, get current, a, you give them a get-out-of-jail card for you. Absolutely. If it's not a good fit, then I want to know. I and That's a service advisor. I think you were explaining that. How about a technician? Same thing. Are they shadowing people in the, in the base? Technicians, I haven't done any shadows with technicians, but I do went during the interview time, during the face-to-face interview. They do come in. They do meet employees. They get shown the processes and procedures. You know, And so what I do on those is 
they just basically spend some time with me or whoever's actually doing the interview being shown around, hey, here's the equipment that we have. Here's kind of how we dispatch tickets and so forth. Always be recruiting. Always. Um, so, so never refuse an interview, no matter if you have a job opening or not. That's correct. You should always be looking. You should always be building relationships. Um, you know, it's it's mission critical that you always have, you know, bench strength, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That person that, if for some reason you lose an A tech, you can reach out, and there's already folks that you've been talking to, you've taken to lunch, that are interested in coming to work for you. And you're hoping, hey, if you do lose somebody, that you can make a phone call and go, hey, let's get together and grab lunch. I've got an opportunity for you. And they're interested. You sound like a uh, consummate professional. And so you hire someone. And I'm sure this has never, ever happened to you, Brian. <laughs> but uh, they ghosted you. You hired them and they never, they never showed up. Oh, it absolutely happens, which is unfortunate. <laughs> you know, you you take all the steps you can to prevent that from happening, but yeah. it'll happen. You say you take all the steps. Could mm-hmm. you give us a few to help try to ensure that they do show up? You mentioned about screening, screening out versus screening in or yeah. filtering out. Okay. Um, you never want to try to make somebody work. You never want to try to take uh, a square peg and put it in a round hole. Uh, I see that happen. Um, when I'm working with shop owners and we're going through some of the resumes and I'll give you an example uh, you know, if your business is open on Saturdays and if you are, that's typically going to be one of your busier days and you're reviewing a resume or you're doing a pre-chat after you've received the resume and it comes up. Cause that's one of your questions. How do you, you know, we're open Saturdays. Do you work Saturdays? And they say, well, I really prefer not to work on Saturdays. Well, that's it. it it's, it's, it's not a good fit at that point. It's not a good fit, but they may take the job. You may offer them, and they'll ghost you and not show up because they finally thought it through and said, well, what am I, crazy? That's right. Yeah. Or worse yet, you hire them, and then it's Saturday, and they don't show up uh, because you know they call in sick on and you. Brian, you knew. <laughs> yeah, so you already had that information, and so it's kind of important. It's super important that you have a criteria and you stick to it. You know, Any special signals that, that can tell you – Right up front. I mean, I, I love the whole Saturday idea. But yeah. Another example of a, of, a, of a bad fit that would have someone not show. And it might not be. Say they were really cold when you talked about benefits. They You, you could tell by their body language that it wasn't right. That's a signal. That's almost. an absolute signal. Right. You know, Carm, one of the things I always look for, and I feel like it's, you know, I've been told by uh, my direct bosses uh, that my biggest gift is, you know, recruiting. And one of the things that I feel like has helped me be successful is I actually look for things in individuals that you can't teach or train. You know, you cannot teach somebody to care. You can't teach somebody to have passion and drive and desire. Um, I spent a lot of time also recruiting, which means there's no ad being run, but I am out looking for talent. Yeah. And I don't care if they're selling shoes at the department store. Yeah. You can tell if that person has drive, passion, they care. And if they do, then I'm interested in talking about the automotive industry. I want them on my team. Having a background and being in industry is important, but it's not mission critical. Yeah. If you can find somebody that has those 
characteristics that you can't teach or train, then you're winning right now. The people that you meet, uh, you know, selling shoes behind counters, waitresses, waiters, Mm -hmm. uh, care, passion, and drive, you you see that you are recruiting basically for your counter. Yes. And can an individual who is not from the automotive but came in, brought that talent, spent two or three years on the counter, learned it, could they become a facility manager? Absolutely. In fact, they can become a shop owner. You know, one of the things I'm pretty super happy about, you know, when I look back over my career is how many people's lives I've had the opportunity to impact that they came in. They were doing something totally different. They never even thought about automotive. And now today they own their own successful auto repair shop. That's super rewarding to me. So, yes, they can take it to the top. That's just a fascinating perspective that you've wanted to help people uh, with their lives and their careers by, you know, giving them the proper training and then encouraging them and then happy to see uh, that maybe their, their dream came true. I have... So enjoyed this. You've gave, given us a wonderful, you've confirmed a lot of the things that we talk about on the podcast, but you've brought mm-hmm. some really good, neat new insight. Now tell me about your new company, UNet Results. Sure. Well, UNet Results is a coaching company. We do service advisor training. We focus on leadership, hiring and recruiting, general manager training. We focus on daily operations, um, course financials and P&Ls, yeah. workflow tools, and uh, we do a front-counter uh, interactive workshop that's super valuable. Cool. Mm-hmm. I will make sure we put that in the, uh, in the show notes so if anyone wants to get a hold of you. Uh, Brian Gillis, uh, great talk on processes and staffing, and I love your passion, and I wish you all the, uh, the great uh, results for your uh, coaching consulting company, man. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.